Father, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for being our rock. We thank you, Lord, for the incredible grace that you have given us in Jesus Christ. Uh, this grace that Paul said, in which I stand. And we stand in this place of your grace through your covenant, Lord, with us through Jesus. And uh, it's a promise. And you keep your promises. So, Lord, help us, God, as we navigate through this uh, world that's a lot of times just comes at us. We don't know what's going on. It can be confusing, complex, etc. Help us to remember that we can lean on you, and trust in you, and take your word to heart. Give you the glory and the praise, Lord, this morning. Bless your word to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I reflected yesterday on the September 11th attacks, um, you may have seen my Facebook post. I'll just, I will never forget, in addition to the horror and the grief over the loss of life, just how shocked I was. And weren't you shocked that this could happen in America? Um, I felt suddenly vulnerable, suddenly uh, insecure that uh, that I, I had never felt before in my life in America. And even now, as I watch events unfold in this country and around the world, I realize how much I can take for granted uh, and how much is really out of my control. You know, even with all of our knowledge, all of our technology, there's no guarantees, is there, when it comes to weather, viruses, or the actions of people. And I find myself more and more these days asking myself if I've allowed myself to depend on things that can't really offer true security and hope. And I'm reminding myself all the time as I as I look into the future, where that true security and hope comes from. Just quickly, how did how did we get here? How did we get to where we're at? You know, the Bible says that at one time human beings lived in complete security, right? In a garden called Eden, with all all that they needed provided by their Creator who not only cared for them, but spent time with them. The bio, scripture says that he came down and walked with them. Isn't that awesome? But then, as you know, the serpent tempted them, basically saying, you don't need God. All you need is knowledge, right? Do we, we hear that <laughs> in the last uh, 50, 60, 70 years. All you need is knowledge, right? We can solve all of our problems. You can be masters of your own fate. You don't need God. And so they turned from God to do it on their own. And in Genesis 3, we can see the results of that decision, right? God said, okay, have it your way. I'm going to remove my favor and my blessing so that you can see what it's really like. And in verse 17 of Genesis 3, it says, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. 
thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you will return. So we can see quite literally that they went from the lush garden of God's abundant supply to thorns, thistles, disease, drought, etc., etc., etc. Mankind lost the sense of security that came from God and was forced to find it in himself. And so, go figure, insecurity is a big problem, isn't it? Insecurity is why, for example, we act selfishly, right? Making sure that we are taken care of. It's why, too, that we're always comparing ourselves with other people, how we look, what we have, what we can do, right? Insecurity. It's why many of us are people pleasers, worried that someone won't like us. It causes us to get defensive when people don't agree with us. And as we all know, insecurity causes countless hours of worry, imagining all sorts of negative scenarios for the future, right? Happens to all of us. And all this because humankind said, if I just have the right knowledge, I won't need God. I can be master of my own fate. So let me ask you this morning, how's it working for us? Not do all good, huh? God's vision, on the other hand, for us is different. Right from the beginning, Genesis 1.26 tells us that man was created in God's image to rule over the earth and all that is in it. Think of all that's involved there. A complex job full of responsibility, right? Um, but it would be done in the knowledge that God would give them everything they needed to get the job done. They never worried about it, right? Not only in raw materials, but in things like wisdom and strength and favor. That constant supply of grace from the Lord and the security that went with it flowed from man's personal and consistent interactive relationship with God not only to fulfill their divine purpose, but also for their own personal sense of well-being, right? Total security, resting in the God that loved them, resting in his power, resting in his grace, because they knew him and he knew them, right? They knew he'd never let them down. So they were, they were at rest. They were at peace totally secure in the Lord. So if, if insecurity then originated from man's desire to run his own show, so to speak, which broke off that relationship with God, it stems to reason that true security comes when that relationship is restored. Amen. And the closer that relationship, think about this, the closer that relationship the more security we'll have in our hearts and in our lives. So we know how that relationship is restored, right? By coming to our senses, by rejecting our independence from God and receiving Jesus as our Savior, 
He who took all of our sin and rebellion on himself, along with its full penalty on the cross. As Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. When you and I come to God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we get adopted as God's children. Now think of, think of adoption for a moment. Think of human adoption. When an adult or a couple adopts a child, what happens? That child automatically comes under the umbrella of protection and provision of the other, of the adult, of the couple, right? They, they, they come under their care. Same thing for us when we are adopted by God. We, we, we don't just come into some religion. We don't just come into some uh, lifestyle, some set of rules, right? We come into God's family. We come under his protection, under his provision. We move into the only real place of true security, right? In the hands of him who has all power and all authority and is loving and kind and faithful, granting to us, as Peter says, his precious and very great promises. What are those promises? Oh, my goodness, we could be here for months, right? Obviously, there's so many. But let me focus on three this morning, three that I run to when I am, you know, watching the news, which probably shouldn't do, you know, at times. But when I see the things that are going on in, in this nation, when I look ahead and see what what where could this go? Right. What could this mean for me? What could this mean for my family? What could this mean for my grandkids? What kind of world, you know, are they going to inherit right in all of this? And then I have to go back to these promises and kind of reset, if you will. Because these three promises to me are the ones that really nail down our security in him. First one, Hebrews 13, 5 says this, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, don't chase after wealth for security, right? History is filled with millionaires who lost everything, right? Google it. You, you'll see some names that you recognize. And you go, really? Gee, I remember when they were, you know, on top of the billboard charts and they 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 file bankruptcy what's up with that right don't don't chase after wealth wealth can be here one day and gone the next and chasing after wealth how wh what do people sacrifice in the chasing after or the love of money right how many relationships are broken how many uh Moral lines are crossed in chasing after the love of money. No, no, don't go there, God says. Put your hope in the one who holds the universe in his hands. He has promised never to leave your side, never to give you up when you're in need, always there to help. Amen. And this is even stronger in the original Greek. 
uh, brought out by the Amplified Bible. I've shared this with you before. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will. There's actually three negatives in the Greek. I will not in any way or any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Don't you love that? What a great verse when things are looking out of control, right? God says, no, I am never going to leave your side. I'm never going to leave you helpless. I am there for you, period. Amen. Second one, Romans 8, 35 and following. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither life nor death nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. I, I wish I could really develop that. Um, we've we've kind of gotten into it a little bit deeper on Wednesday morning Bible study, plug for Bible study. Um, but this place, this place of being in Jesus Christ, um, when we when we receive Jesus in our hearts, I, I've shared this illustration before. It's like dipping a glass in the ocean. The ocean comes into the glass. The glass is in the ocean. Jesus comes into us. We come into Christ. We are in that place positionally. And in that place, God has promises to us. And they're promises by covenant. They're 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 uh, binding on God like a contract. That's what a covenant is, right? In Jesus Christ, if you are in Jesus Christ, all of this applies to you, period, right? He didn't say this promise is predicated on you being perfect or you doing this or you doing that. He says, I will do this if you are in Christ. It's a covenant. It's, again, this grace in which we stand positionally as a believer, as a follower of Christ. So we need to understand something about this, this, not only the promises, but the love that God has for his adopted kids. It's not, it doesn't go up and down and up and down like our human love does, right? We know that. We've experienced that from other people. Some days they love us, some days not so much, right? You, you rely on people, sometimes you get hurt, okay? It's not like that with God. God is not up and down. Um, it, it doesn't, his love for us does not change with our circumstances. Let me say this. God can't love you any more than he does right now. And he won't love you any less. Can I say that again? That, that, that needs to be on a T-shirt or something. God can't love you any more than he does right now. And he won't love you any less, no matter what the circumstances. Isn't that incredible? So you never 
have to worry about how God feels about you. Never. Because it doesn't depend on you. It comes from his nature. God is love, John tells us. Never have to worry. Any day, any time, pick a point in history. How does God look at me right now? He loves me incredibly. I I may be in the cesspool of a wrong decision. What's God think of me right now? He loves me incredibly. He wants to help me out of that cesspool. And and if need be, he's going to line up circumstances that will help me to uh, understand some things, right? God disciplines, but even in his discipline, it's love, it's love, it's love. How can I get them to understand? How can I get them to, to walk in the right way so that they can be blessed? Get out of that cesspool. Stay away from that cesspool, right? Always in our best interest, always with love toward us. All, David said in the Psalms, how wonderful are your thoughts toward me, O God. David got it. Even, you know, David sinned, right? Had the whole deal with Bathsheba and all of that, right? Um, just ruined everything. Did God stop loving him? No. Did God love him any less than when God was, God's power was on him to defeat Goliath or the Philistines? No. God loved David just the same. Was God grieved in his heart? Sure he was. Sure he was. Did God love David any less? No, he didn't. God's love never changes. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from his love in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Secondly, look at that list. Tribulation distress, famine, okay? Life is going to happen in this world. This, this, this world, um, this fallen world that you and I live in, a world that wants less and less of God, stuff's going to happen. Threats of terrorism, foreign and domestic, hurricanes, floods, fires, pandemics, political turmoil, social unrest, economic up and downs. It's going to happen. Physical difficulties, right? They're going to happen in this fallen world. But for those who have been restored in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, God says, nothing can separate you from my love. In other words, we can have complete confidence that whatever the situation, God's going to see us through it. And even to the point, should one of these things even result in our death? Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 4.17. He says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Compared to what he has waiting for us on the other side, the worst that can happen here will be considered light and momentary. Right? Even if someday down the road we are martyred for our faith in Christ, even if someday we're, you know, in, in, the, in the mystery of God, he allows us 
to to get in a car accident and die. I mean, Christians die, right? We, we, we can't sit here and say no Christian has ever died in a car accident or succumbed to cancer or anything like that. But even in all of that, it's not just this life. God has for us. He's going to usher us from that point into a glory that is so incomparable to any hardship we're going to face. Because his promises to us transcend life itself. Right. So, yeah, we can have confidence. That he will be with us in every circumstance. That, he, that we will be more than conquerors. But even if by chance, okay, again, in the mysterious will of God that I can't explain, but his, his wisdom and he knows how everything affects everything else. If he allows something that we would classify as terrible, um, it will be a light and momentary affliction compared with what he has in store for us. Because his love is not going to let us down. Amen. Third, third scripture this morning, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. Okay. What does that mean? That means that ultimately every circumstance even our toughest situations, our deepest wounds, our worst mistakes, all of it will be worked by the sovereign God for good in our lives if we will but put it all in his hands and trust him. I, I, I think I said this before. Um, we had a gal come to our church in Ohio. Um, with a ministry to broken people. She had suffered incredible abuse as a child, but she had such a rich ministry to abused people, to severely broken people, because she's been there, because God not only brought her through, but incredibly healed her heart um, and, and, and gave her joy and hope and peace that she was able to minister to that to other people, other people that I can't reach because I haven't been there. Right. Even the worst of the worst stuff God can take. And turn that thing around and use it in a blessing in our lives and through us to bless others. Right. Every circumstance. So what can we say about this awesome God and his promises to us in Jesus Christ? He never leaves our side. He's always there to help. His love for us is unchanging and he is working all things. All things for good. Even this future stuff that we're looking at, how is this going to work? God's going to work it all ultimately together for our good. All of this promised by a God who the scripture says it's impossible for him to lie. It's not in his nature, right? His steadfast love. The, the, the Hebrew calls it uh, hesed, right? His steadfast love. It is steadfast. It is sure. It is unshakable. 
the love of God for us who are his in Jesus Christ. And the most important thing of all, all of this doesn't take place in a vacuum. Okay, these are not just concepts. It's it's not just a belief system. It's not a 10-step plan to a better you. And it's not built upon your ability or your perfection. It's built on an unbreakable covenant that God entered into with Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We weren't even there. But the two of them made this covenant together that whoever believes in him, right, all of these things would be theirs. So it's built on an unbreakable, unshakable, an un, an unshakable God, an unbreakable covenant, and an everyday relationship with someone. Okay, again, not concepts, someone who is there, someone who communicates with us, someone who guides us with divine wisdom and love. And just so that we know we're on the right track, he's given us his word in writing. Right. So that we can understand who he is, what he does, what he has for us and the way he wants us to go. Right. So whatever is up ahead in this world. As the psalmist said, though the oceans roar, though the mountains tremble and fall in the sea, we will not fear because our feet are on the rock. Amen. Is that your hope today? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your savior? Do you stand in that place of grace? Do you stand in that place of true security and peace, whatever may come down the road. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray this is the testimony for each and every one. Hearing my voice in the congregation, hearing my voice, Lord, uh, through the, the website, through the podcast, God, that that would be their testimony. And if not, and if if you, hearing my voice, that's not the place that you stand in. You've been fearing. You've been uh, nervous about what's up ahead. You can be a part of that covenant. Whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, the scripture says. So I invite you, even in this moment, put your faith and trust in the one who died for you on the cross. Open your heart to him and say, Lord, I don't want to be independent. I don't want to be the master of my own fate. I want you as my savior. I'm a sinner. I've, I've rebelled against you. I've done things I know that you wouldn't approve of. I did them willfully. But thank you, Jesus, for taking that, my sin, on yourself and dying on that cross for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be washed clean. And I invite you, even in this moment, into my heart and into my life. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my best friend. Help me to know you better each and every day. And I thank you for that. The Bible says when we invite him in, he comes in. 
Thank you for that, Jesus. And Lord, for those of us who have made that decision at some point in the past, but God, we look at this world. We don't know where it's going. We don't know where our government's going. We don't know where uh, different variants are going. We don't know where the money system's going. We don't know all of these things. We don't know what, what's going on with the weather and, and hurricanes and all of these things, Lord, that we see going on. Help us to take these promises to heart, to know that we stand uh, in, in that place of grace, immovable in your covenant of peace and love and security. And may we remind ourselves, Lord, of these things. May you remind us of these things each and every day. And God, may we, from this place of security, then just trust our lives to you. And, and not have to compare ourselves with others, not have to get upset when people don't agree, not have to, to, to get into the comparison game and, and not have to walk in fear or worry. And may that peace come through our lives and speak to others, Lord, who need you. Use us, Lord, in all of this for your glory to draw others towards you. We thank you. We give you the praise for who you are. In your awesome name we pray. Amen.